So the word sacrifice, mm, it's a fraught word in the English language. So I want to talk about that today so that it can be a less scary word. When I looked it up in the dictionary, which I like to do when I'm about to talk about something, the first, the first meaning was an act of slaughtering an animal or person to God or to a divine figure. No. Second meaning, an act of surrendering a possession as an offering to God or a divine figure. Surrendering a possession. Sometimes the possession that I need to surrender is my anger. Sometimes it's my attachment to stuff, right? Surrendering a possession. The etymology of this word sacrifice, a making sacred is what it means. It comes from sacra, sacred rites, and facere, to make, to do, to set, to put, to make sacred, is what sacrifice means. And you don't have to, there doesn't have to be any blood about it, right? You make it sacred, you consecrate it, you set it apart, you dedicate it to God, to the one, to the love. As a noun, a sacrifice, is a hallowed, concentrated, a consecrated, something made holy by association with the divine. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So Ramdas, I'm going to quote him again from Paths to God, said, most of us have a pretty limited view of what sacrifice is all about. We figure it's probably uncomfortable and may have something to do with killing goats. When what it really is, is an act designed to lead us across the boundary between the sacred and the spiritual. The beginning of an understanding of the interrelatedness in the universe of the worldly and the spiritual planes. It's our way of coming to the realization that there is no place that isn't holy ground. And that holy ground is truly in the eye of the beholder. It's always holy, but it will not feel holy to you until you take that into yourself. And that's what sacrifice is. It's learning how to let go of those old ideas that say, this is this, and that is that, and never the twain shall meet. These people are good. These people are bad. This way is the right way. This way is the wrong way. Those are the ways that we keep this world in turmoil in our own minds, in our own minds. So the deal is we, I'm going to quote myself now, we decide what is sacred and what is not. And that is made so by our intention, our decision, our will, and our action. It needs all of those things. We become aware of the things that we, that we in our own minds, without even realizing it, categorize as not sacred. Wow, first we have to open ourselves to that awareness, and that can hurt. Like, oh, really? I thought I was a lot better person than that. <laughs> but the truth is, the truth is, if I want to make it sacred, in my own mind, it's already sacred in the mind of God. There's no question from divine source, that everything is sacred. I love the Veda's description of creation as the one into the many, right? And we talk about in New Thought that we are expressions of the one God. We are individualized expressions of the one God. So imagine if you were completely whole and complete and you decided in order to experience what it felt like, maybe, 
just an idea, to be, to feel separate or not whole so that you could gain the experience of coming back to wholeness. What would that, what would that be like? Have you ever done that? Have you ever picked a fight with someone you love just so you can make up with them? I like to think I don't do that, but I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> so we get to decide what is sacred. I had an, an, my first year of seminary, one of the things that, um, that we were asked to do was each month as we delved into a deep, uh, a deep study of a particular religion um, that we partook of practices, not just read about it and read the scripture of it, but to to actually engage in the practices that people of that faith use with the idea that if we can gain our own spiritual awakening from somebody else's practice, then we get truly viscerally, not just in the head, the idea that it is one and the same. We're all wanting the same thing. We are all from source. We are all going to source. And I remember talking to my dean after the first month or so and saying, I'm trying to meditate every day and sometimes it just doesn't happen and I'm feeling really like a bad seminary student. <laughs> and she said, so what, what do you do when you get up? And I said, well, I go downstairs, I pour myself a cup of coffee, I get a book to read, usually a spiritual book, I read it for a little bit and then I pet my cat. And she said, Melinda, what if that is your meditation? Pouring libations, it becomes pouring libations when I decide to sacredize it. When I don't go, oh, here's my cup of, but I go, you know, thank you God for this coffee that will make me feel more awake in a few minutes. And when I sit down with intention, and yes, I had to learn how to meditate a little longer than just petting my cat because he runs as soon as there's a noise. <laughs> But that's, that's what we're talking about in sacredizing life and looking at what you already do and making it sacred by bringing it into your awareness, into your consciousness. And then when you begin to do that, you will recognize other opportunities to make or to view things as sacred. And it will change you. It will change you. So... Saying grace, taking a moment before you eat to go, thank you, this is nourishing my body, may it nourish me, may it bless me, and may every person who brought this food to me be blessed, from the person who tilled the ground and sowed the seed, to the people who harvested, to the trucks that brought it to the grocery store, to the grocery store workers, to the delivery service or whatever. All, just a moment, a moment to think of all of the hands that it took to bring this to you. And just say thanks. That is, now has made your meal a sacred feast. It could be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it's made your meal into a sacred feast. You get to, I get to, I decide. That's a really good mantra. I decide, I decide. Are the people who are cutting me off in traffic in my way? Are they enemies? Are they bad people? I decide. I decide. And I did this this morning. It was really helpful. It was a cool thing. Because I have 
a drive to get here. So I just decided, I was singing that, my holiness blesses the world. The light in you extends beyond the farthest star. The light in you is blessing everyone around. So I just decided that all the other cars on the road, coming or going, in my way or not, that I would see the light in each one because every single car has a person or two in it. And that person is an expression of the light of God. It makes it a lot harder to flip them the bird. <laughs> and what I found just in that little exercise that came to me this morning was like I could see light coming from everybody's car. And I did not care how fast I was going. And I did not care about the guy who always waits till the very last minute to not get on 635 and to go on 35 instead. Happens every time. And now I look for it. Okay, who, oh, this is the one that's going to do it this time. I see the light. I saw the, listen, I saw the light. They should write a song. I saw the light. And, and it humbled me because I thought, why haven't I been seeing the light all this time? I've had this choice. But remember that making this choice, bringing these things into your awareness is not so that you can judge what you've been doing so far. It is so that you can wake yourself up a little bit, a little bit. A tiny bit, just from that talk with my dean, however many, seven, eight years ago, every time I pour a cup of coffee, I thank God for it. Literally, literally, thank you. Thank you for this precious libation. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference in how my day starts. So how far do we go? The Gita says there are yogis whose sacrifice is offering to the gods, whose sacrifice is an offering to the gods, but others offer as a sacrifice their own soul in the fire of God. Whoa, I'm not even sure completely what that means, but I loved reading it. There are those who, here, you can have this, and there are those who say, you can have me. That was Jesus the Christ. You can have me. Now, do you think that he knew he was going to be crucified and this was all, it was a, no problem for him because it had already all been written and he knew exactly how it was going to go and he was going to come back three days later and blah, blah, blah. I doubt that that's true, but here's what I do believe absolutely is that he went, here is what is happening to me. I may not like it, doesn't matter. It's what's happening. I choose to make it a sacred experience. I choose to give this to God rather than giving my hatred to these people. Rather than giving my defensiveness to these people. Here I am. Here's what's happening. I'm giving it all to you, God. I'm handing it over. Handing it over. In um, a really wonderful book called The Ten Challenges by, um, I'm, now I've lost his name. I'll think of it. Um, he says, if you love anything more than you love God, you will go to that thing. So if you love stuff, if you love food, if you love gambling, sex, addictions, materialism, anger, righteousness, if you love those things and you put them before your spiritual growth, then those things will be between you and your spiritual growth. If, you, if something makes you feel better faster than you think God can, that's what we do. We're human. We go to that. I'm not criticizing you. 
I have a few of those on that list myself. It's easy for me to judge the ones that I don't have. Well, at least I don't gamble. <laughs> but this idea that if I am going to something for my comfort before I go to God, I haven't even given a God a chance. I haven't even given love a chance. I haven't given my spirit a chance to shine in the way it knows how to when I get out of its way. So here's, you know, in, uh, one of the things that um, is really beautiful in 12-step recovery is 12-steppers say, the most important thing in my life is recovery. It has to be. More important than my wife, more important than my children, more important than my job, more important than my friends. My recovery is number one. Why? Because my recovery is what keeps me with God that keeps me with my higher power, and then that makes my relationship with my wife and my kids and my job and my friends sacred. Whereas if I try to shortcut and go there first and worry about my recovery, my spiritual growth later, I may not get there. And something may happen that becomes a big roadblock, either a big roadblock or a whole bunch of stones that just gather over time that keep me from the truth of who I am, from the best of who I am, from knowing the light in me can bless everyone around if I let it and when I let it. So anytime we give something up that is sacrificing to a higher purpose, higher power, keeping our side of the street clean, I call it, every time. And it doesn't have to be like, I need to let go of this. There's this anger, I need to let go of it. Yeah, that's one way to make a sacrifice. I have every right to be angry. Well, if you have that right, go for it if that's what makes you happy. But I'm going to tell you it doesn't. It's not going to. But if I say, God, I have this anger and I am having a hard time letting go of it, so I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you as many times as I need to give it away. I'll just keep giving it away until I feel the freedom that is mine without that anger, without that enmity, without that hatred. Giving up. But also the good things. Ah, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to have this feast. I give it to you. I consecrate it to you in this moment. Doesn't mean I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> I consecrate it to you in this moment. What it actually means is that I do it mindfully. I do it with awareness. So much of our day is completely unconscious. The things we do, the places we go, the things we say. And when we begin to awaken our awareness, then we can make anything and everything sacred. And Jesus talked about that. He said in Matthew 5, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift. And what that means is, if your side of the street ain't clean, if you're saying, look, God, I offer up these libations to you because I like coffee anyway, but those people, mm -mm, no, not gonna, then we have violated the spirit of what was there get your side of the street clean and then your offering will be clean because if you call it sacred but you don't really believe it it's not going to act on you 
as a sacred act would. Does that make sense? I don't know if I said that very well, but when you are convinced of its sacredness, then you receive the benefit of its sacredness. And then the sacrifice is real. And sacrifice doesn't always mean giving up. Sometimes it means taking in. Sometimes it means connecting. Sometimes it means giving over. Sometimes it means letting go. It can mean all of those things. It can mean any of those things and more as long as we align ourselves with that one, that one love, that one God, that one spirit, that one presence and power, whatever you call it. When we align ourselves with that, then everything is sacred. Everything is sacred. It's all an offering. Have you ever thought that every single thing you do today is an offering to God? Here's one of the hard things that Ram Dass talks about in that book, um, is that if you decide that everything you do is an offering to God, and you start to become more aware of what you do, it doesn't mean that you immediately get, oh, you know, that you ascend. <laughs> what it sometimes means is, oh, I am really angry right now and not acting very well. That's my offering to God. Hmm. It's okay. God can take it. God don't care. But when I become aware, oh, this is my offering to God. Is this what I want to offer to God? Then and only then do I have the choice to change it to something different. But we have to have the awareness that whatever we're doing is our offering to God. So what Jesus said is don't say, okay, these pretty flowers are my offering to God. Now I'm going to go dig in the dirt over here. That's not going to work if you're not. Bring the dirt with you. Reconcile yourself with the dirt. Spend some time getting that swept up, and then when you give your offering, it will bless, you know, because we're not offering anything in order to bless God, right? It's to bless us. Then our offerings truly bless us. Then we are on sacred ground, and we know it. Because no matter what's going on with you, you know, I, uh, I'm the first one to admit that I can fool myself for a really long time. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. It can be a way of life. I don't want to know that. I don't choose to know that. I'm not looking at that. So I'm just going to live my life over here with these things that I have agreed are true while ignoring this truth over on this side. I have done it for years at a time, y'all. I'm not kidding. And what I found is all the work I did over here didn't mean very much until I opened up to my whole life and went, oh, that's true too. That's true, too, and welcomed it in. Not, yay, I'm so glad that my dad's an alcoholic or that my husband is. He's given me permission to break his anonymity. Um, but to say, this is the, like Jesus, this is the fact. This is what's happening. If I pretend it's not happening, then every offering I give is a phony if I recognize this is what's happening, how can I live a sacred life in this truth? How can I make my choices from this whole truth rather than just this pretty part that I want to look at? And that's not easy. And 
it will transform your life. I guarantee it. So there's that idea that you give up the things that are not serving you and make that your sacrifice to God. I'm going to sacrifice donuts to God. I've said that out loud. Y'all watch me first Sunday of next month and see if I actually sacrifice donuts to God. That is my intention today. I am sacrificing donuts to God. They do not serve me. They serve my mouth for about 13 seconds, and then they do not serve me the rest of the time. So I can make that sacrifice. You might sacrifice habits that do not serve. That's beautiful. But can you also sacrifice the things that do serve? I'm going to sacrifice my time with my spouse, knowing that it is limited, and I do not know how limited it is. I'm going to make that sacred. I'm going to say, God, I want you in every little bit of it, and I'm going to bring every little bit of it to you. I'm going to, which is to say, I want love to be in every little bit of it, and I'm going to bring every little bit of it, it to love. And then I'm not denying that it might be taken away at some point. I'm just allowing the love in so that, by golly, when it does end, either I get hit by a bus or something happens to him or whatever, when it does go away, I won't have spent time not in the light of love. Not because God wasn't shining the light of love, but because I go like this. That is also a sacrifice. The good things, the things you want, I'm giving this to God. In the same way I can give my donuts as a sacrifice, I can give a new way of approaching food as a sacrifice to God and bring God into every meal. I know this. Do I do it? Mm, not so much. But it's something that's in my awareness that I want to do, that I want to do. And I can stay in denial for a long time. It's not really that bad. And then I can choose. I'm just using these as concrete examples. I'm not trying to talk about me so much as there are possibilities throughout your life. If I stop going, well, I haven't gained that much. I'm still lower than my COVID weight. These are the thoughts. <laughs> um, and ignoring the truth of I have this body for a short period of time and it is mine and only mine to take care of the best I can. Am I doing that? Oh, when I open it to that awareness, then dang, I might have to do something different. And that's why we don't. <laughs> and yet, when we do, it's all love. And I promise you, the blessing of being aware that it is all love all the time will make you feel better than any other thing you can do. Back to Felder, that was his name, Leonard Felder, that wrote the book, um, The Ten Challenges. He says, you know, if you, we're going to jump at anything that we think will make us feel better than God. But when we open ourselves up to that true love, we will understand that actually nothing can. Temporarily fill a little Jonesin, but will it truly make us feel better? No. But love will. Love will. So it's all an offering. So I ask, what is yours to give to spirit today? If you're not ready to give it all up, that's fine. Give one thing. What is yours to give today? Is it anger? Is it gossip? Is it lies? Is it judgment? 
Is it the words you use when you watch the news? Simply be mindful, be aware, and everything you do, everything you do individually, you and me, everything we do can convert the world into a sacred place. That's how it works. And if we say, well, everybody else isn't doing their part, we got nothing to say until we're doing ours. And when we're truly doing our part, we have no idea the impact that that will make. I believe it will change the world. So go change the world. I love you. Thank you. <clears throat> so let's just take a deep breath and we're going to take that into a short meditation. And if you're comfortable closing your eyes, do that. If not, I would ask you to just sort of soft focus on something down in front of you so that you're not receiving too much visual information. And just breathe. You don't have to breathe a certain way or to a certain depth or to a certain count unless you want to. But just breathe. And notice that your breathing is a sacred act. You are breathing in the oxygen that the trees are releasing, that the trees are sacrificing. You're taking it into your holy vessel, this body, this temple. And you are releasing it out again as carbon dioxide to feed the trees. You're already involved in a very holy act without any awareness. And so in this moment, just allow your awareness to rest on that miracle. All miracles are just a shift in perspective, a different way of seeing. So perhaps you have something on your heart this morning that you brought in with you, someone that you're worried about, some situation that made you angry, something that's frustrating, or maybe you brought in a great joy with you this morning, a celebration. Let's ask your heart what it wants to look at in this moment. And then focus your attention on whatever that is. or the celebration or the joy or the possibility or the hope. Breathe into it. And simply say to yourself, this too is sacred. This too is God expressing in my life. Say it as many times as you need to until you feel a loosening in your heart. Because even our joys can be traps because we decide, oh, this feels good, I'm holding on to it. 
this worldly plane, we, we don't have the choice to hold on to anything. It's all come to pass. It comes to pass. And so, as we sacrifice, as we sacredize, whatever it is, joy or pain, we hold it lightly. And we allow it to pass without our fingerprints or our nail marks on it or in it. When we hold it lightly enough, we even realize that we're not judging it as a celebration or a worry. It is what it is. It's all part of the mix, this beautiful, beautiful, varied multiplicity, intricate and gorgeous and loving thing that we can't understand, but which we use the word God or the one, the presence, the power, the one love, the one heart. And when we contextualize whatever it is that we are holding, joy or fear or pain or gladness, knowing that it's all held in the everlasting arms. I love that phrase, the everlasting arms, all held. None of it is outside of the love of God. And so we have the choice today to not put it outside of our love, but to allow the love of God to permeate it and us. Sometimes we just need to say yes, okay, okay, yes, yes. that this moment has passed and the next moment and the next moment and the next moment and there is some something new awaiting in every moment and if we are aware, if we are mindful we can begin to bless each moment each act each happening each circumstance as sacred as holy as whole As we do so, we come to believe in our own wholeness, our own holiness. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. The light in you extends beyond the farthest star, and I salute the holy, whole child of God, expression of God that you are. And so it is. 
Amen.